it is. Oh no. It's Halloween special. Side of cinema. I'm Mark Dickerson. And I'm Jeremy Fink. And welcome to the inaugural cult movie cult Halloween special. Slashers, ghouls, camp, gratuitous nudity, and gore. Where would cult movies be without the contributions of the horror genre? Both Mark and I were launched into the world of cult movies through the horror route, so we realized that it was probably time to put out a Halloween special. We hope this episode is more trick than treat, so grab your candy corn, check your apples for razor blades, and hold on to your mortal soul. This is 1988's Night of the Demons. is a 1987 supernatural horror film directed by Kevin S. Tenney, written and produced by Joe Augustin and starring Amelia Kincaid, Kathy Podwell, Linnea Quigley, Hal Havens, and Alvin Alexis. It follows a group of high school students who throw a party inside an isolated funeral parlor. While attempting a seance, they accidentally release a demon locked inside the crematorium that begins to possess them one by one. Yeah, Jeremy, I, I can't believe, first of all, that it's taken us this long to do an actual Halloween special. I know. We've done a couple Christmas ones, <laughs> but um, <laughs> never occurred to us to, to really do a, a Halloween one. But I'm definitely glad we did, and I'm, I'm glad we started with this movie, uh, which mm-hmm. you picked, because it is just a lot of fun. And was there a reason in particular that you chose Night of the Demons from uh, 1988? So I, I'm, I'm, I'd like to preface that we're not sponsored by, by this company, but I, I subscribed to Shudder this month, um, which I, I wish. had a, a wonderful <laughs> time we with. And yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I wish we were sponsored by Shudder. <laughs> if anyone from Shudder happens to listen yeah, to this. Yeah, feel free to uh, reach out. No. You, we, I think we have, we have very similar uh, <laughs> viewpoints on the, the value of horror. But yeah. alas, uh, I, in, in subscribing to them, the, it popped up that Knights of the De- Night of the Demons was mm-hmm. available for streaming on their site. And I remember that movie specifically. Um, and, you know, f- as we always say, full spoilers ahead. Um, there was one image where there was this one character in the film, uh, Suzanne. Suzanne, yeah. Suzanne. Lipstick. Yes, the lipstick. And there, there, there's <laughs> a, a, a scene where this character named Suzanne sticks a tube of lipstick into a particular body part, um, which I remembered watching this years ago, and something about that image just was really bizarre to me. Um, it, just, it just totally caught me off guard because, there, you know, there were some supernatural things in, the horror mo- in that movie, um, at that point, but that one just seemed to cross a line that none of the other ones had to mm-hmm. that point. Um, and something about it just stuck with me um, where, you know, it, there was something that felt very kind of off kilter and surreal about it. Yeah. And it just occasionally that image and other images from this movie, I would find myself thinking about them while watching other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was one that not a lot of people seem to talk about it. So I figured it was time to kind of give it its due and, and yeah. see what we thought. For sure, yeah. I mean, I'd seen it a, a while ago, so it was great to revisit it, especially around this time of year. I mean, it, it's um, right from that opening, those opening credits and that music. I mean, it's, it just felt like Halloween to me, mm-hmm. um, which uh, another movie, another horror movie recently that I watched was can- the original Candyman. And mm, that also... Same, um, same. <laughs> 
Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I mean, I, I really I liked it a lot. And a big part mm-hmm. of it was in the music, which was done by uh, Philip Glass, which I didn't even realize. Yeah. That that's crazy, either. Right? And yeah, just and that music as well. Just it just felt like Halloween. It just felt, you know, when you started watching, it just really got me in, in the mood. So um, mm-hmm. this movie really picked up where that left off. And I just I really felt that way um, with this one as well. And um, so I guess we'll just get right into it here. So the, the basic premise here is uh, basically a Halloween party. So uh, not very high concept. Uh, it's a it's a party, but it, I guess it's in an, an abandoned uh, funeral parlor and it's on Halloween night. Um, and it's a bunch of teens, I, I guess high school teens, right? They never, I don't know if they allude to it, but I guess we're supposed to assume. Yeah, I would, I would say high school because they're, they're still yeah. like living with their parents and stuff. So right. it seems, yeah. Yeah. So they're out. They're out for a night of debauchery, and uh, well, let's let's take it from the beginning. So, uh, again, I would just want to start with those opening credits because, um, again, it just got me instantly in the Halloween mood. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like, uh, you know, not only the the dark synth horror, which if if you've heard any episode of our show, uh, the opening music is very similar to that type of music, which I always feel is appropriate for these kind of like you know low budget or cold mm-hmm. horror movies. Um, and you hear that music in a lot of these types of movies from that from this era from the particularly from the 80s mm-hmm. um but i forgot i mean you know again I'd, I'd forgotten a lot about this movie but i forgot how good the, the music was um particularly the theme song here which um uh you know just really stood out to me and the brother of the director uh, whose name is dennis michael tenney did the uh, did the music for this as as well as a couple other of the director's films um and right off the bat, there's like ghouls and ghosts and <laughs> cemeteries, you know, uh, ghosts popping out and things like that. So it's just it just has a really cool style to it um, in the beginning mm-hmm. there. And yeah. Um, so, yeah. And actually, the again, this is just a very good Halloween pick, Jeremy, because uh, from there, the film literally starts with the image of a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that uh, the teen that he's in a pig mask. Um, and what's his name again? He has an interesting name. Hold on. His name sure is Stooge. Stooge, of course. How can I forget Stooge? Yeah. He, he, Stooge. So the, 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 there are a lot of characters in this movie who fill very specific tropes. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, it, it, sure. it's, it's a super like like for that's sure. that's what's kind of interesting with this one is it it's it's so kind of so such a perfect example of nineteen eighties horror mm-hmm. in some ways because it hits every single trope. You know, yep. there's kind of like the virginal final girl who's <laughs> yeah. maybe you know maybe not so virginal they kind of hint at that maybe like she you know she she's a little bit more yeah. um you know not not quite as buttoned up as maybe mm-hmm. other other final girls from 80s horror movies would be but then you know there's kind of the the bad girl there's the there's the kind of cool guy yeah. you know mm-hmm. but but they do they do play with it a little bit like like by the end it seems like some of the things we expect of these characters they start mm-hmm. to to subvert um yeah yeah but but at the same time leading into it within the first 10 minutes it's mm-hmm. almost like a checklist it's yeah. like all right you, you get the the goofy over the top you know mm-hmm. bigger dude who thinks everything is a is a joke and is you know kind of yeah. mean to everybody it's 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 so it, it's it, kind of like the, the bully or you know yeah the, one, like the, the one in the in the group of friends that's like why do we even hang out with this guy it's, it's more just kind of like He's just, you know, I guess fun to be around because he's such a bad boy or whatever you want to say. Yeah. But, um, yeah. He's kind of a jerk, I guess. Kind but of. that's Stooge. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so again, the film opens with him with the image of a pumpkin, with him in the, the pig mask and yelling, you trick or treat, like what, as we're driving around. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, this is this was a really good picture. Maybe I'll give you this one. <laughs> um, and then, the, you know, the fact that it takes place entirely on Halloween night, which that's something that I always enjoy in, in movies when it, it mm-hmm. takes place in like either one day or, or one night or one event thing, you know, I always enjoy those kind of things. So um, that kind of sets it apart a little bit, you know, from some other, um, I guess, eighties horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like a novel idea and, you know, well, besides Halloween, I guess, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but I think even that one's not completely on Halloween. Is it? I actually kind of forget if that's Halloween. Entirely... No, Halloween. Is, I actually, it's weird. You're bringing it up. Cause I literally just watched Halloween last night. Yeah, the original. It, it it is entirely set on Halloween, except except maybe... for the flashback, I guess, in the beginning. No, that is Halloween. I think that is. I think I believe well, that's Halloween. Well, previous Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a previous. So it's set on. I think the entire thing is set on a Halloween. Because mm-hmm. not to not to stray too far, but I think that one is, with the exception of maybe the scene when Michael Myers escapes. 
Yeah. The Asylum. <laughs> I think the entire thing. Is, but nevertheless, Night of the Demon. And nevertheless, we can talk about yeah. That one so <laughs> it's not done that much, but um, in these types of movies. So I, you know, I, I like that idea of it. And mm-hmm. uh, so we start with these teen kids being a bunch of hooligans around this, you know, around the neighborhood and casually harassing the elderly <laughs> and these damn kids, you know. Um, which at first I was like, you know, because as I get older, I kind of, I feel like I sympathize more with the older people. In Absolutely. Movies, Absolutely. Usually. So I was kind of like, oh, this poor guy, you know, just, yeah. just keeps getting scared by these kids. They're like jumping out at them and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, you start to realize that <laughs> this guy is not exactly innocent, I would say. No. Um, he, uh, you know, he's pretty rude to the one girl who's actually being nice to him and then proceeds to put razor blades into the apples that he's going to yeah hand out to children so (laughs) yeah which is which is interesting it's an interesting tone setter because like i like watching it it had been a while since i saw this movie and i but i knew that it's not where it went but like Mm. i couldn't watching it now you know trying to go at it fresh i was like oh is this gonna have something to do with the plot like is this this guy gonna be like like is this is he like some evil older guy who puts yeah, razor like blades and apples and unleashes yeah. something on these kids but no nope, it's like just... you don't know if it's i mean it's, it's sort of like a one-off joke i mean you get the yeah. capper at the end but um yeah yeah it's just like a little aside i guess it's, it's pretty yeah. sinister though it's pretty pretty dark yeah um but we'll get to the what happens in the end there so uh so yeah right off the bat you know we have that scene and we have uh, some of course as we mentioned in the, in, in the intro these movies tend to have some gratuitous nudity and uh, mm-hmm. we get that pretty pretty early on here um mm-hmm. even for this genre i you know i found myself wincing a little bit i don't know if it's just because you know it's 2021 and things are very different now um yeah. but uh, this <laughs> in particular seemed very unnecessary a lot in this in this film but you know mm-hmm. It was the 80s, so... Yeah, that, uh, that's... I mean, that's that's what people were going to the movies to see. Like, that to was, see. yeah. It was almost you know? like a... Like, they had to put it in, in the movie. Yeah, for it, it, was how, it was how they yeah. could compete compete with other with right. other uh, other films. Yeah, it was it was in the contract. They had to put it in yeah. there, so... Um, and then, uh, you know, so the, the our main character that we... Uh, that you alluded to, Jeremy, um, and her name is Judy in the movie, played by mm-hmm. Kathy Podwell... Uh, she's like the, yeah, like the good girl, you know, it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. what, I guess, the stereotype that she would fit into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's getting dressed and her, her like little brother's spying on her or whatever or <laughs> in the closet. Bodacious boobies, sis. Yeah. Uh, I had to write that line down cause that was just, yeah, that was two eighties not to, uh, <laughs> yeah. not to take note of. Um, somehow I picked out that the actor of, who played her brother, this is super random and aside, but, uh, mm-hmm. was, I don't know if. This might be a little, uh, be or a little older than than for you, Jeremy. But do you remember a show called Wild and Crazy Kids from that was on Nickelodeon and like the I don't 90s? remember watching no. that. I, right, I, I've so heard of it, but I, I didn't watch some it. Some listener might remember that show, and and apparently he was one of the hosts of that show, mm. and in, which was very <laughs> random, uh, because it's, that's such a wholesome. You know, it's on Nickelodeon, so it's just funny to see him in this kind of role. But anyway, yeah. Um, so we we find out at this point that there's a party at Whole House. That's where all, all the kids are going. So. Uh, it was once a funeral parlor, uh, right next to the cemetery, of course. And we learned there was a family murder suicide that happened on Halloween night. So get some spooky lore there, uh, kind of setting it all up. And of course, Jeremy, uh, along with all the other cliches, there's always a character that's there, there's always someone who knows all about the history of, of like the location, yeah, yeah. <laughs> able to dispel these like little tidbits as they roam around the um, the parlor and everything. Um, which is helpful for the audience, so that's good. Yeah, I, I kind, I almost, in, I kind of enjoyed it in this one because they were just kind of so blunt about it. Yeah. Know, there was no kind of like figuring it out. It was like you know, he, they this, sat down and he yeah. told the story. This, this guy, I, I forget the character's name. Yeah. Um, um, he, he was dressed up as a doctor. I remember that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard it, to remember some of it because a lot of the characters kind yeah. of blend together. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of them have like names like Billy. Yeah. you know it's, it's very common <laughs> right. like just guy names um yeah. i don't think it was billy i think billy I was i don't the, think it was either yeah i think billy was the guy who who might have been uh judy was trying to or not was trying billy was trying to get with judy it was either jay or max i'm gonna go with one jay of those. yeah i think <laughs> I, let's say yeah. let's say jay just to keep it okay. not confusing yeah, sure but but he was dressed up as a doctor oh and no he just no kind of, no because jay was um judy's boyfriend so jay was it judy's was, boyfriend so it was probably max yeah we'll go with probably max yeah but yeah. you know he he just sits everyone down and you know, as if he he'd written a book about it, just tells the entire history, and they ask him, "How'd you know?" And he he essentially says, "I read it," 
and then they yeah. give him a hard time like oh i didn't know that you read books and he's like oh, i read loads of books and then they kind yeah. of don't really nerd yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which yeah which they they just all rag on him for it's right you know it's, you went to a library yeah you went to a library yeah it's a whole thing but we, we understand the the kind of situation they're in very fast and he does mention something that does come back into play later uh which is the the wall the brick wall mm-hmm. which he which he's you know which to me you know i would see that and just be like hey it's a brick wall but to him he explained that it was built over uh water i guess because water keeps out the you know the evil spirits or whatnot so it also so not only is there a history to whole house uh with the with the murders and the family and everything there's also i guess it goes back even further than that uh to (laughs) i guess the natives that lived there even before the house existed so we get that little bit there's little tidbits there and then um as you said jeremy he does kind of sit them all down and they have this like spooky story time where he's telling them the history of the house um and I do want to talk about, so we have our main young couple, Judy and Jay, uh, mm-hmm. and they are, again, like the clean-cut um, couple, or at least at first is what they seem compared to all yeah. their, their friends, um, mm-hmm. although Jay has some wandering eyes, um, and he's, yeah. so that's kind of where this is like, you said they subvert some things. I thought that was pretty interesting, mm-hmm. um, instead of just having Jay be like the super clean-cut, all-American guy, I mean, he is that, but also, you know, again, he's, he's kind of, you know, I think... A, he makes out with at least one other girl and he's leering at some of the other girls and that Judy's not really aware of and stuff like that. So he's kind of cheating a little bit on her or whatever. Yeah, um, he's, kind of, he's kind of a fun subversion in a yeah. weird way. It, it's fun yeah. because you, you at, in, at that point in time, he exactly is the kind of guy who you think audiences would mm-hmm. expect to live through this yeah. kind of movie or at least be there till the very end being the one trying to like save yeah. Judy. Mm-hmm. And and then yeah. dying as a martyr, and the fact that we kind of get to see him be a dick and yeah. have a, a very once he, yeah. Once he started being a dick, I was like, oh, he's gonna die. Yeah, he's not gonna make it. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. It was kind of yeah, fun. Cool, yeah, yeah. It's different. It seemed... Like you said, yeah. It's it's um you know there's a lot of the typical stereotypes and and archetypes mm-hmm. you know presented here, but um there's definitely more nuance than a lot of these films. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's because they were kind of at the tail end of it. I mean, they yeah. they filmed it in 87, I guess, came out in 88. Mm-hmm. Um, so there had already been so many of these films pretty much since the original Halloween. It's kind I of just had kicked an, off a lot of, you know, these An interesting little films. thought. An interesting thought is popping into my mind. And this is a weird connection, but timing-wise it checks out. The Breakfast Club came out in 1985. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think in a weird way... That movie maybe had an influence on this because this is a very yeah. bizarre assortment of kids to be hanging out together. It is, but it's also yeah. I mean, it's it's all the <laughs> it hits all the different notes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because um, because uh, yeah, I think I mean maybe even before we continue with synopsis, we should just go over like who exactly this group is made up of. Yeah, let's talk about the because like like you you get so because you get you know you get Stooge who we said is kind of the the bully, mm-hmm. you know the kind of and then we get this guy Sal. Who's you know? He's <laughs> yeah. kind of like he's kind of like he should be on The Sopranos. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and just happens to live in whatever small town suburb this is. Yeah. You um, imagine his dad's maybe in the mafia or. <laughs> yeah. You know, and has you know, connections he, and, somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Which which and he has an interesting arc because he kind of goes the opposite of Jay, where yeah. you know he kind of starts as the jerk, but by the end you're like, oh, you know, Sal's yeah, not so kinda, bad. Yeah, he sticks around a little bit longer than you, you would know. think. You know, like he has a and, he has a loud mouth, but you know. <laughs> I, I just like his one line about like how the house is so uh, dirty, and he's like, "Hey, I live in a clean house or something." Like yeah, yeah, yeah. My house is clean, you know. He's just like he's very respectable, you know. Yeah. Um, so I like that. Yeah. But yeah, no, he was he was. Uh, I mean, he, I he guess right. he's not like a uh, you know. I guess he his archetype would be kind of like, the, uh, maybe not slacker, but kind of just like the punk. You know, yeah, like, like the, the kind punk of punk hey, rebel yeah, kind yeah. of kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might if it was if so. it was twenty twenty years thirty years earlier, he might have had like a switchblade comb. Yeah, like you a know, James he, Dean kind of thing. James yeah. Dean. Then we he's, have you know, uh, too cool for everything, and yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. Then we have we already mentioned Judy, who's our good girl. Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, my so then we have Roger, who's kind of like the sweetest human being. He, oh yeah. He, Roger Roger just kind of comes in and he's like, hey guys, I don't know if this is a great idea. Yeah. You know, I'm here and for I, it. I love though. that. He made it to the end. Um, yeah, and he was with 
well, again, spoilers, but we're going to get there anyway. Yeah. Uh, that it's just him and Judy at the end. Because you, you, normally these types of movies, um, as you, you mentioned too, like it's just that final girl, right? So it was yeah. interesting that he was there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did read something, and I don't know if this is actually true or not, but that um, the writer of the film included like an interracial kiss. And I don't know if that was between Roger and Judy, like, you know, at the end or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But obviously was cut before they even started mm-hmm. filming because this was 1988, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah. so you can see some subversion going on there uh, as mm-hmm. well. And I thought, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And I don't know how true that is. And yeah. it may have been but, referring you know, to someone else. But, yeah. Just, just, just seeing a person of color surviving to the end of yeah. an 80s horror movie, yeah. is that's pretty exciting because you yeah. really don't see that a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we, we also had uh, probably my two of my favorite characters just because they were such a bizarre friendship which is Suzanne, who is mm-hmm. kind of like the blonde, oh, cheerleader-ish yeah, yeah. type, okay. mm-hmm. um, who is best friends with Angela, who is the goth. The goth so, like, that, that, was, that, that to me was the thing that kind of was so fun mm-hmm. uh, about this movie is, like, that there's friendship, because... There's, like, these different factions of, yeah, of kids like, here. Yeah, like, this is such, such a hodgepodge group of kids to put together, mm-hmm. but they all seem to pretty much be friends. You know, like they like, which to me felt kind of more realistic because I think you know yeah. a lot of a lot yeah. of '80s movies in particular, you get like these cliques where it's like, yeah, oh, it's the like jobs you have out with the more. Job. It's more like acquaintances than friends almost sometimes. Yeah. you know, like we, when we talked about uh, *River's Edge*, you know that film, um, it kind of reminded me of, of that as well because sometimes they'd be hanging out with people that it's like, why are they hanging out? You know, what is good about this person they're hanging out with? But sometimes you just have you know, acquaintances like that or even friends like that mm-hmm. um, where you just have a, them in your group of friends. So in a way, it is uh, sort of, yeah, more realistic, I guess, that there's so many different types of, of people. Yeah. Um, although <laughs> they do, it, it is, it is, it does feel like a checklist almost where it's like. Yeah, right, yeah, got, for sure. Uh, although I guess it wasn't really like a jock uh, character. Uh, well, so I, if, I feel like Jay kind of was a jock. We just never actually got to see him. <laughs> Like, he kind of had the yeah. look and the feel. Yeah, I guess he was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like he's the theater kid. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> no not at all. Um, yeah, and then we have the nerd, I guess we would mm-hmm. call him. Uh, the, the, you know, the bookish one. Uh, the bookish one. Which yeah. we're going to just call Max because we're not really sure. Yeah, we're not really sure. <laughs> and then Franny. Uh, we don't really learn much about Franny. Franny, Franny's... that's the goth, the goth one. Or is that... No, no, Franny's just the other. Franny's the one oh, who like, hooks up with the doctor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Angela's no, the goth one. Yeah, Angela's the goth. Franny's the one. It's a lot of characters with kind of yeah. stock '80s names. So in forgive us for yeah. We use Franny. Franny's the one who kind of hooks up with the doctor. She's kind of there, but still, you know, yeah. it's just interesting. We just kind of get this uh, this hodgepodge group. But mm-hmm. a lot. We we can go back to our story. I just it, it feels important to kind of acknowledge yeah, who all these characters are because it's it's a lot to keep track. of. Right, and I do want to mention that. Um, Suzanne, who you mentioned uh, is friends with uh, the goth girl, uh, Angela. Angela. And <laughs> the first shot is of her bending over in a convenience store. But mm-hmm. um, Suzanne, so she's played by Lene Quigley, who when mm-hmm. I was looking up her history, she's been, appeared in a lot of, uh, you know, cult films in particular, but also horror films, mm-hmm. uh, cult horror films. So um, that was pretty interesting. I didn't realize that, you know, she did look familiar to me. But uh, when I looked up her her like her credits on IMDb, I was just really impressed with, uh, you know, she's somewhat of a, a horror movie ve- veteran, I guess. Yeah, um, she she certainly qualifies for the scream she, scream queen title. For sure, yeah, scream queen. She's been in yeah she's been in the genre a lot, and even in the original uh, Silent Night Deadly Night, which we covered on our last holiday special for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's been around. So um, and she gets some interesting scenes we're gonna get to in a bit. Um, <laughs> So back to the movie, you know, what's going on story-wise here. Uh, not much of a story, but just enough to kind of keep you, keep you interested in what's going on, right? So, um, so all, you know, at this point, all the kids are in Whole House, and that's where we spend basically the remainder of the film. Um, and again, it all takes place on Halloween night. Um, and I'll tell you, man, once they break out that strobe light, mm-hmm. damn, I was like, now it's a party. Now it's a party. Uh, yeah, it's pretty early on, but they, you know, once they break that out and they have the, the tunes going, in the background, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're 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 pretty much right off the bat, just like 
you know, dancing, partying, whatever. Although they do have a nice uh, snack table set up, which I found kind of funny, like, uh, that these kids, like, took the time to, like, set up this, like, yeah. you know, little snack area and all that. You know, it's nice. Yeah. I guess no, they, they came to party. I, yeah. I would just like to say how much I did, though, love that strobe light scene. Yeah, just that was a- great. Aesthetically, that was great. kind of, there, there was kind of this one main room that they were in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm in the habit of taking screenshots. I watch a lot of movies on my laptop. I'm in the habit of taking screenshots uh, of frames that I find interesting. And I was just like nonstop taking screenshots of yeah. this movie when they were in that kind of main room. Because you have this really intense like red lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, really intense red low-key lighting. But then they just pop it with this strobe light mm-hmm. that kind of threw this like... It adds pop a of and blue I'm, over the whole thing. It's really, it's really bizarre. And yeah, I mean, I was joking, but I, I mean, in reality, I, I, I actually love stuff like that in, uh, yeah, in movies and you know, even the films I've made, I've, I've done things like that just because it's a, it's a cheap, easy way to kind of, you know, make it more kinetic yeah. and things like that, and, and it's definitely more creative that way. Um, if yeah. you start adding different types of lighting, and I agree, uh, Jeremy, I think this film is actually very good looking. Uh, it's yeah. a good looking film pretty stunning and, yeah the way uh, so dennis s T- uh, tenney is the director and um yeah there's some cool shots in there i mean one that i noted that i wanted to mention was um it kind of took me off guard because i did not expect it at all but there's a mirror that's get, that gets broken into a bunch of pieces mm-hmm. on the floor and the, so it's kind of like a top-down shot of just these um these broken mirror pieces on the on the floor there and the teen standing over them and i think it's like every single character i'm pretty sure almost yeah. all of them at least and they're all just standing there and you know we see f- like fragmented parts of each one of them reflected in the glass so that's just like a kind of a cool i don't know it almost reminded me of like a i don't know maybe not wes anderson but some you know something that where it's just like a very mm-hmm. um it's you know obviously a very static shot but you just see like every single character and and their own little um part of this of the shot there so you know, and it's a pretty long shot. It's like, you know, they're all having a conversation, but I think it's like an interesting way to kind of break it up, um, yeah. especially with films that take place essentially all in one location. Um, you know, it's a good way to, if you have ideas like that for shots, to kind of throw in there. Um, How I do you think they that. did that? How do you think they did that shot? I was thinking about that I was as That's I was looking question. at it. Because yeah. it seems like really simple when you look at it, but like mm-hmm. for where the camera is, I'm, I actually, I, that was yeah. one of the images I screenshotted. And the camera is on a slight angle, kind of from below. Mm-hmm. And they're not upside down. So I was almost wondering if like yeah. to get this shot, they might have glued these <laughs> fragments to a wall yeah, or something I mean, like that. Like it, it's a really bizarre. It could have been something like that. I really, you know, to be honest, it, like you said, it's almost deceivingly simple, but when you start to think about it, like, yeah, how are they? Because <laughs> yeah. you, you do see every uh, cast member and uh, obviously no equipment or anything. So, um, yeah, I wonder, I'm sure they had to use some sort of uh, trickery with perspective, yeah. I'm sure, um, whether it was gluing it or, who. I mean, who? maybe they even shot it in a completely different area, like in a studio-type environment yeah, or something I don't, like I don't that. Know. It's, but, it's, yeah, it's... it's um, yeah, I, I was hoping there was actually some information about that, but I wasn't really able to find anything. But mm-hmm. just one of those cool little shots, you know, that really breaks up uh, a, a film like this where things can feel a little run-of-the-mill sometimes, a little standard. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I enjoy stuff like that. Um, and so at this point, uh, so early on in the, the party, there's a, a noise from the basement. And uh, so they pretty much stay away from the basement for most of the film. Um, and inside, we, we do get a view of, of the basement with, you know, obviously no one else is there. And we just see this large, uh, what I thought was like a furnace or something. It reminded mm-hmm. me of uh, Home Alone, the basement in Home Alone. Where <laughs> he's like scared of the, you know, the furnace down there. But um, we'll get to what it actually is later, I guess. But uh, we also get our first glimpse of what is some sort of demonic creature, mm-hmm. uh, monster kind of thing. And uh, before, so we do get it like a, it's sort of like a prosthetic. I'm not sure if it was animatronic or, or what exactly it was, but pretty cool looking. Um, and it, it's, uh, it eventually switches to like a point of view mode and uh, sort of like Evil Dead or, or something like that, where the, the camera is the creature or the beast or whatever. Although we kind of, so we realize very quickly that we're not really seeing, I, I guess it is the point of view of the creature, but it's also sort of like a, ghostly more spiritual type of uh movement that we're seeing um because eventually it kind of floats up 
you know, through the door or, or, or whatever. You know, we don't see anything open. We just see it like kind of pass through doors yeah. and things like that. And, and it inhabits uh, one of the party go goers, Suzanne, and it basically takes over her body, which is like the first uh, demonic possession that we that we see in the film, which is something that continually happens uh, to different people. And um, it's it happens just as they're talking about demonic infestation is what they're infestation, uh, mentioning yeah. in that part. Yeah. Um, so, and I, you know, this, the point of view thing is, is I think it's cool because I imagine it was done to save money, uh, mostly probably, yeah. <laughs> but it is pretty I don't effective. Know, how much, um, how much do you think, what do you think the budget was on this movie? I, I don't know so if you were able to find them. I have an answer. Yeah. Let me see. Um, so I found that it was produced for a modest 1.2 million. Cause that, that's, what's interesting um, to me is 1.2 million, obviously not a lot of money, but for this kind of horror movie, something. Yeah. In 1988, like you got to think mm -hmm. now with inflation, that's a couple million. Like you know, like I think Moonlight was made for a million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, right. uh, you know, you got to think if let's say just two million dollars with inflation into it, you could make, mm -hmm. you can do a lot with that. So like this was low budget, but it wasn't like low low budget. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It was yeah. it wasn't like run and gun. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, and like I said, I'm not sure if that if the point of view thing was done to save money or mm -hmm. I'm not really sure, but either way um, it was pretty effective. I thought, and especially with the idea that this creature is like sort of like a, like I said, like a spirit that's floating around. It did, it did make sense. I thought, um, so it works and it's pretty creepy, honestly. And uh, at this point is where, you know, we get the, the possessions and the craziness that's, that really starts to begin here. So along with that idea, we were just talking about Jeremy, uh, about the budget of the film and everything. I guess this was relatively low budget for the time. And uh, we always talk about, uh, on this show, about different good low budget solutions to movie making, right? Because we you know, we come at it from a filmmaking perspective a lot of the time. And um, not only the, was the POV shot, uh, I thought a good workaround for that, but uh, I thought the film fit the, the theme a lot in a lot of ways, particularly the main conceit that these actors are being possessed, you know, or that the kids are being possessed. Um, and sometimes, you know, we get flashes of makeup or prosthetics and things like that, but mostly it's simply just the actors themselves uh, just acting possessed, right? So yeah. um, again, I thought kind of, you know, it is a little different for these types of movies and it's also pretty good low budget idea, you know, a low budget solution. So you don't have to continually have creature effects or makeup mm -hmm. and all that. So, and we do get some of that. Like I said, there's 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 little flashes. Um, it's actually interesting because uh, it's almost like, like the, <laughs> the prosthetics and the makeup. Like it just kind of emerges out of nowhere. Like it, there'll be like one shot where the actor won't have anything, and then it'll mm -hmm. cut back, and, and they'll be they'll look demonic. You know. So it's it um, in a way makes it sort of like more scary because it's almost like you don't expect them no. so again now i don't know if that's related to budget or not but i just thought that mm -hmm. was interesting and that happens throughout the film where different characters are becoming possessed and basically trying to i guess kill the other <laughs> yeah. the other teens um well is it, is it are they trying to kill them i think they're trying to possess them as or well. i guess yeah it's possess yeah, this movie is them, kind yeah. of a uh, what, what i will say is this movie is kind of a weird hybrid of the it slasher yeah. and zombie genre mm -hmm. In, yeah. in, in, if you and possession like like there are, there are a mm -hmm. lot of different kind of elements at play here and it's kind of a hard one to qual uh to quantify yeah. which is which is something i think i really like about it is mm -hmm. that even though it's playing off of a lot of tropes it's kind of combining the tropes in a very bizarre way mm -hmm. um and there's something kind of hypnotic and really fun about that mm -hmm. yeah it has, it has a supernatural element to it which is not always yeah. there in these kinds of movies so yeah, yeah it, for sure. Yeah, I think it makes it stand out a little bit, um, if anything. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then we have the infamous lipstick scene, which you mm -hmm. alluded to with <laughs> uh, with the character of Suzanne. And um, uh, so do we, do we want to mention anything about that? So, I mean, she, it starts with just putting lipstick on with the, you know, the big bright pink lipstick um, and then kind of goes, starts going all over her body and taking clothes off and, uh, you know, goes around certain areas so but you know again it just gratuitous but it also is a little creepy and uh mm -hmm. unsettling and it works i think in a horror film um and it definitely is yeah. memorable <laughs> i i feel like i feel like what's so unsettling about that scene at least for me is that like 
I've, if you watch enough of these movies, you get that they're, they'll throw nudity into a movie like this just to kind of be there, mm-hmm. and there's not a reason, yeah. and you kind of don't expect it to add up to anything more than that. So mm-hmm. when they just casually throw in something so bizarre and disturbing in that scene, you're kind of not ready for it. Yeah. You know, like, like I think in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is an 80s slasher, here's a scene with nudity, and then all of a sudden it just takes that, like, yeah. really bizarre turn and it's kind of like oh jesus okay like that i guess that, i <laughs> yeah, guess that's where those, we're going yeah it's one of those things that you wonder like is this something they they had planned or is this something they just came up with in the moment like while they were shooting yeah. it you know you kind of wonder about that that sort of thing or at least yeah. i do when i watch these kind of things so yeah but again memorable you know it's it's something that mm-hmm. sticks out um visually <laughs> you're gonna remember that uh, and also i thought another disturbing thing around this point in the movie is when angela becomes possessed uh she she's the the goth girl i guess um she like sticks her hands into the fireplace oh yeah another character comes in and she's like just you know has her hands casually in the in the fire she's like oh just warming my hands by the fire uh so i thought yeah that was just again just creepy things you know not not every um scene is, is someone being you know knifed or murdered it's it's they, mm-hmm. they tried to add these other little creepy elements, which, when I was reading about the writer, it kind of made a lot, a little bit more sense. We'll talk about that afterwards. But um, yeah, well, I, f- I feel like some of these moments, in a weird way, felt like kind of Lynchian to me. A little bit, um, yeah. Particularly like Unsettled. the strobing and mm-hmm. just kind of the absurdity of the image, but how, like, yeah. and also just the reliance on image to scare. Like it's not like the idea that's necessarily scary in this movie. It's mm-hmm. kind of more like they confront you with these images that are just really strange and dreamlike, you know, like I, I think I said the word hypnotic before, yeah. but that was the word, like there's one scene where Angela is just dancing with a strobe light popping on her and like <laughs> yeah. they let it, they let it play for a really long mm-hmm. time. And the, we, the thing is I, I kept thinking Lynchian, but it felt like it didn't feel like blue velvet Lynch or Eraserhead Lynch. It felt like twin peaks Lynch, which came out a few years after this, which, which mm-hmm. was kind of interesting to me. Like, you know, I mean, not that I'm, I'm, yeah. I want to guess, but I'm like, oh, like, is this maybe something that David Lynch saw, you know, yeah. before making Twin Peaks and was because the, the, like, I don't know, just just those images and the kind of campiness of the teenagers. Like it, it mm-hmm. almost and I'm not, you know, I'm not accusing him of like stealing or anything, but it, like almost feels like he yeah. like watched this movie and was like, oh, I could use that as a jumping off point to make something way darker. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what I yeah, mean? But, I mean. But, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, d- I definitely get what you mean. It uh, it definitely has that lynching quality to a lot of it, um, mm-hmm. which yeah, like you said, I mean, obviously he was around before that, but um, he Twin Peaks had not really yeah hadn't really come out yet. So um, but yeah, I, I I can totally see that comparison for sure. Because I um, I don't feel like I don't feel like he had the kind of camp in his work prior to that. Like not Blue as much. Yeah, not as say, much. Like yeah. Blue, Blue Velvet's mm-hmm. a little campy. But, mm-hmm. like, it still kind of has this overall tone of seriousness, I would say. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. like, when you get to Twin Peaks, it's just, like, it's serious, <laughs> yeah. but, like, it's full-on camp. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, th- th- that style of camp, to me, felt very serious, felt, felt very similar mm-hmm. to the tone of this camp, where, like, the camp is there to kind of hypnotize you until they hit you with something way more bizarre. Right. Yeah, and I like those little moments. I thought um, they added a lot to it. And again, mm-hmm. it wasn't just, you know, because a lot of these movies are really just down to, all right, let's see how these, these teens get slaughtered, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because you want to see the creative kills and all that. But um, this movie, yeah, had a little something different, and I, I did like that about it. And real quick, I wanted to mention, I believe he's uncredited, but I did see that. So the voice of each of the pos- uh, possessed teens is obviously very different when they're speaking. And... Um, so it was Frank Welker who did the, the demonic voice for the, the teens. And if you look him up, I mean, that name, I knew it. And when I looked him up, I was like, that's why. He's done every every voice ever. Like, he's been in every animated, you know, you <laughs> you know. Like, I, I'm actually pretty sure I couldn't find it right now, but I'm pretty sure he does the voice of, like, the bad guy in Inspector Gadget. Like, that very distinctive, <laughs> like, I'll get you, Gadget. That, you know, that kind of voice. So when, you know, when you get a chance, just look him up because he, uh, he's been in everything. Frank Welker. Frank Walker. Um, and he's been in, you know, a lot of current things as well, like the Transformers movies and stuff like that. But he's just, he's always done a lot of voiceover work. So it's just interesting. I think he was uncredited on this film, but he was the uh, the voice of the possessed teens. It's so. too funny. Just a little tidbit there. That's interesting. But anyway, so to get back to the film, 
at this point, everyone's getting possessed. <laughs> Not everyone, mm-hmm. but a good amount. And uh, the yeah. other the other half of the teens are just like, get us out of here. You know, they're starting to realize that something is going on. Um, we talked about earlier um, about how Jay, uh, Judy's, you know, all-American, clean-cut boyfriend, um, starts to have wandering eyes and, and starts to... I, I forget who exactly he's with. He tries to, you know, make out with someone or, or do something with, with uh, someone who, and then he ends up getting killed. And uh, so that's, again, that subversion that we talked about mm-hmm. um, where you would not expect that in the beginning for sure. No. Uh, so, and then we have our, our friend Sal, who we like a lot, but he, he ends up dying too. And, uh, but I thought there was a good gag with his character uh, that we see like the tombstone yeah, I, love, <laughs> says, I wrote that down. And of course, his last name is Romero, which I thought was a good good little mm-hmm. reference there. Uh, Sal Romero just says, died tonight. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. a fresh gravestone. They just like, I guess the demons put it together. I don't know. Yeah, born um, 1970, but, died tonight. Yeah, so it's like, you know, and they, had the, they have gags like that in the movie too, which are just like, there's no way they're taking themselves seriously with that, which, mm-hmm. but I'm fine with that in this kind of movie. Um, yeah. So... I enjoyed that. Um, and then, so eventually we, you know, just to kind of get towards the end of the film because we, we could talk about every scene, Jeremy, but in this kind of movie, you know, it's more about, <laughs> it's I about feel like you just have to, you just have to experience it. You just have to yeah. watch it. It's about the vibe, like you said, um, and the different characters and the, the creative, uh, there, you know, there are some kill killings that happen. Um, but, um, eventually we get back to the basement where we, we saw that, demonic creature from earlier and when the possession started to happen and uh the so i believe it's uh judy who's pretty much the only one left at this point besides uh roger so judy Mm -hmm. and roger go down the basement to check it out because they haven't been down there yet and they kind of can't go anywhere else at the moment and uh we see that what i thought was a furnace that uh judy goes to start opening and this is when we discover that it's not a furnace it's actually an oven Mm-hmm. And she, you know, tells Roger that this is a crematorium, which makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and I guess the demons. So the logic here is the demons won't go to hell because it's Halloween, right? That's that's the uh, I believe conceit so. here. Okay, yeah, sure. They won't go to hell because it's Halloween. So it's like a special night of evil, I guess, is what they're mm-hmm. talking about. Like it's one night of the year where, what did she say? Like all things unclear are free to roam among us yeah. or something like that. I noted something mm-hmm. about that. Um, I was like, all right, makes sense. We'll go along with that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why all this is uh, happening, I guess. And uh, now Judy, she's a crafty one. Now, this mm-hmm. was like one of my favorite things in the movie. <laughs> she, she makes a, a makeshift flamethrower mm-hmm. uh, out of, a, I guess, like out of a pipe from the oven and a lighter. Yeah, and, which uh, I, I did appreciate because they, they foreshadowed the light, or not foreshadowed, they set the lighter bit up really well. Because okay. there's kind of a moment early on where she picks up a lighter and someone's, like, oh, making okay. a joke to scare her. That. They're like, ooh, you're going to take the lighter, Judy? You're going to take the mm-hmm. lighter? Don't be scared. Yeah. And she's like, I'll take it. And she takes she's it. she's a good girl, right? Yeah. Okay. She's a good girl. <laughs> and then and then it comes back later on and she uses it. Which yeah. my question, you know, was who is paying the gas bill? <laughs> but... <laughs> well, maybe the demons are. They maybe the demons. If they, can make a gra- <laughs> if they can make a gravestone, someone's yeah. paying the gas bill. But... <laughs> But it, but it is it is but it is yeah. a great moment because it's that's a great like, moment. It's just as the know. demons are busting through the door of the basement, she just <laughs> lets loose with his flamethrower, lights him up. Which is, I was like, all right, that's actually pretty badass. Yeah, and actually, a, it reminded me. Uh, have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. the, <laughs> the ending of that movie. Yeah, uh, which you know isn't well. I guess it's it's a little spoilery, but you should just go watch that movie. Anyway. There, there, there's good? something there's something with flame. We There's something at the end with it. a flamethrower that is amazing, yeah. and yeah, yeah. It, it just reminded me of that. <laughs> it just kind of, like it comes out of nowhere, but mm-hmm. s- you know, still sort of uh, alluded to before that, still uh, built up to a little bit. But when it happens, mm-hmm. it's just you know really cool. Um, oh, so okay, here's another thing. So another subversion which I thought was interesting. Um, so at this point in the movie, Judy and, and Roger are trying to run back to the like the front door of the house. They're trying to get out. Um, and Judy is, is finally confronted by the demonic Jay now, her former boyfriend, I guess. Uh, and then, you know, she's locked inside with him approaching her. And I thought that was kind of like a cool, um, mm-hmm. you know, just like an, a cool idea that, you know, now he's like, he's the possessed Jay who's essentially dead and kind of coming back for her now. So, sort of like a zombie, mm-hmm. like you said, Jeremy. It's yeah. kind of like a that zombie idea now. Um, but, but kind of a kind of interesting if you think about it this idea if, if we're gonna if we're gonna you know do a 
an analysis of this film, um, an emotional and psychological analysis, the idea that possessed Jay isn't really that much different than normal Jay. You know what I mean? He's well, still just kind of, yeah. yeah, you know, he's still right. just kind of coming at her, you know, coming at her, like, you know, trying to get her. And <laughs> yeah, she's like, right. no, I, I'm not going to yeah. let you do that, Jay. Take it easy. And, you I was going to say he was a little more forthcoming, but I guess, yeah, you're right. No, it's pretty much yeah. the same. <laughs> he's pretty much the same guy, which, you it know. It's a little different, but. I mean, you know, I don't know if that's the intention of the filmmakers or not, Maybe. but ultimately if that's, you know, if, yeah. if Judy is our main character whose eyes we're seeing the film through and her mm-hmm. big co- her big conflict other than, you know, all of her friends being possessed is kind of this guy <laughs> who she's kind of dating, but he, yeah. you know, he's he's pressuring her. The idea mm-hmm. that she has to ultimately face him mm-hmm. and get away from him is actually yeah. a pretty a pretty poetic piece of writing. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was it was interesting for sure. It was yeah, a pretty powerful mm-hmm. uh, way to, to end it. So um, mm-hmm. I will say at this point, I was wondering, why don't they just try to bust through like the door or try to you know jump through a window, mm-hmm. which I don't remember if they had tried that before. Maybe there was some sort of, I don't know, demonic mm-hmm. <laughs> barrier or maybe the demons barricaded or something. Uh, but at this point, uh, Roger does actually take a leap through one of the windows. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, there you go. Um, and he's, so he actually ends up bringing Judy with him it's kind of funny when he jumps through the window because he's like, <laughs> it's almost like he's amazed that he's still alive in the movie. He kind of like looks down at himself. He's like, hey, that worked. Uh, and then he's, you know, he's like, all right, let's get out of here. So he's, you know, him and Judy um, start to make the run for it. They're finally outside of the house and they must get past the wall. The wall mm-hmm. that was described to us earlier <laughs> by the one character who knew everything because there's this apparently underground stream underneath the wall, which is. Uh, where the the demons cannot pass this this stream, they cannot go over it. So, only then will they be truly safe if they get over this wall. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, because I guess the water keeps away the evil spirits. So they start to scale this large brick wall, um, which I thought was a kind of like a cool like ending set piece here, um, because there's a lot of suspense. You know, especially at this point, you don't really know who's going to make it out of this or what's going to happen. Um, so they're they're climbing up, and uh, Judy attempts to climb. Because Roger's at the top, and you know she's not tall enough. She's jumping, trying to get to him. So it's all very suspenseful and pretty well done. Um, tries to grab his hand um, as her f- possessed former friends are all clamoring, trying to come and get her. And, uh, and there's that one line: "It's like R- Judy, Roger, where are you going? The party's just begun." <laughs> uh, and as then, she's burnt. Uh, yeah, the burnt. <laughs> burnt too, Chris. So uh, pretty good scene there. And then they are eventually able to escape. Uh, because the night turns to dawn, and it's kind of like a vampire effect, I guess. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, every every possible yeah, every, monster, <laughs> ghoul, or yeah, horror trope every is beat. somehow in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But but it That's is why weirdly it's so good though. Yeah, like because it's weirdly it, seamless. Yeah. You know, like like the, mm-hmm. once once you get obviously you know I, I think one of the things on this show is that we're not coming in. You know, a lot of people will watch kind of goofy older movies to make fun of them, but I feel like Mark, you and I both try to watch movies in earnest as much as possible. And, you know, really try to kind of pick them apart. And I think one thing that is really cool about this is that, like, despite being a mixture of so many different elements, they do work. Like, never once was I like, oh, I don't get why this particular element Mm -hmm. is coming in. You know, like, maybe they were a little vague in setting something up, but, like, it never felt, like, out of place tonally. You know, like, it's like, oh, now they're demons. Now they're kind of zombies. Now... (laughs) It's a slasher. Yeah. Like, they all just kind of work together in right. a pretty seamless way. Yeah. You just go with it. Yeah. It, it just kind of... Yeah, you kinda, just It kind of fits. It's like... Yeah. Because also, they do set the rules pretty early on, but yeah. they they leave a lot up for interpretation, I would say. They leave, you know, mm-hmm. a lot to the imagination, uh, especially involving these actual demons that are... Or these creatures mm-hmm. or whatever they are kind of coming for them. I mean, it's like... Yeah, sure. Okay. So, uh, day, you know, daylight comes and they, they start to back away. Um, and I guess you see that final image of that, like that demonic creature that we saw in the basement earlier. Um, and I guess they're kind of just out of luck, these demons, you know, maybe next year, maybe next Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this is essentially the end of the film here where Judy and Roger, uh, it's daylight. They're walking home down the sidewalk back in their neighborhood now. And we kind of get that feeling that they're a little tired at this point. You know, it was an exhausting night. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like a nice moment where they're both just kind of walking, not really saying anything. You know, it's daylight out now. Um, all their friends are dead. <laughs> all their friends are dead. So a lot to think but about. It's, yeah, it's um, a rough night. 
yeah, it was a rough night, and they're they're heading home, and but we still get this little capper scene, which I thought was really interesting, which, um, <laughs> we, you know, because we had that scene in the very beginning with the elderly man, um, who at first you f- kind of feel bad for, then you see him putting the razor blades in the apples, and you're like, uh, never mind. Yeah, I guess he's kind of a, a jerk and uh, kind of psychotic. So again, we didn't know if that was just a joke in the beginning or whatever, but it does go back to it at the end. Um, where the old man's watching these two damn kids, you know, walking by and just kind of shaking his head at them or whatever. And then he goes back inside his house and um, his wife is making him a nice apple pie in the morning for breakfast with the leftover apples, <laughs> which, of course, he doesn't realize at first. He goes, you know, he sits down. He just thinks it's regular, regular old breakfast pie that his wife's making him. Breakfast and, pie. Uh, <laughs> pie in the morning is just... Yeah. I mean, I guess people do that. That, that. that should have been the first thing he was suspicious about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's like, I was up all night making it. It's just, you know, and it's like, yeah. it's almost like I wasn't sure at first what they were getting at. But then when you realize that it's uh, the apples that she put in there. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, <laughs> pretty, pretty graphic, pretty gruesome. Uh, the blade, the razor blades just literally slicing up his throat and just blood just pouring out of his neck. Uh, mm-hmm. But he gets his comeuppance, right? So it's sort of like a happy ending. In a weird and, way. Uh, now, the wife's reaction here is really interesting because she just, like, after this happens and he's just bent over, bleeding out on the table, she just, like, gives him a kiss and she's like, happy Halloween, dear. So is it like yeah. she's, like, senile or she meant to do it? Like she, I, I kind of thought she, she meant to horrible? do it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it seemed, yeah, it seemed it like that, she was, like... Yeah. And that, which is almost like a, again, like a Lynchian thing. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it's a super, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, almost like it's surreal. a crazy image. Yeah. Like that, that's like, that's the thing I just can't get over with this movie. And I think why I just love it so much. It's like, you know, like plotting the plot and everything is kind of whatever, you know, it's, it's cool, but it's, you it know, it's a pretty run of the mill, you yeah. know, it's a basically a slasher film. There's some force killing off teenagers, mm-hmm. but just the images in this movie are just dazzling. They're just they so bizarre. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's. Very unique image of, of someone's neck just being like sliced yeah. open from the inside. Because um, you, you, you see so many people, particularly in 80s horror films, where there was just this kind of competition for like who can get the most gruesome kill, mm-hmm. you know, like in, in especially in, oh, especially yeah, in the sure. slasher genre. Yeah. And like this movie is just so different than the others in the way it goes yeah. about it because like there's gore and everything, but it's not about that. It's almost mm-hmm. like, like, how can we get the weirdest kill? You yeah. know, like, like how, not, not how gruesome can we make it, but just like, how bizarre can we make how it? How can we make it? Yeah. How can we make it stand out? It's like, yeah, because they still, I would say like they won up a lot. And I would say it's probably one of the better slashers, but you're right. I, I think, mm-hmm. it, um, but it goes different places with it. You know, it's not just like a, a you know, crazed murderer trying to kill everyone. It's like all these different elements to it, which we yeah. talked about. Um, and you know, I did wonder, like, I was like almost wondering if they added this scene at the end because they needed more blood or, you know, was it one of those like studio notes? Like, Hey, we need a little more gore here. Or you know, was I'd it be curious that they always to watch. Yeah. You know I'd be know. curious to watch the trailer, which I don't know if you've gotten a chance to check out the trailer after. As soon as I we're done with this, I'm going to go back. But I'm wondering if maybe it was something for the trailer. Maybe. I'm, wonder, I'm well, wondering. I'm wondering. Is it too bloody to show in the trailer? I wonder. But maybe not the, the like the 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 full on gore, but maybe just this this image of a yeah. woman like kissing her husband and going oh, happy Halloween, right. dear. Okay. Yeah. Maybe be. maybe they just needed some trailer fodder. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe they just felt that the story was unresolved. Well, again, uh, it's, whatever it was, it stays with you. I mean, it's definitely and and her yeah. reaction, the wife's reaction, is just very sinister and like mm-hmm. very creepy. And, and um, I thought it was interesting. But um, there is a documentary about this movie which I have not seen. I think it came out in mm-hmm. twenty fourteen. Um, oh, so really? Maybe they maybe they answer that question there. I'm not sure. Yeah, I haven't seen it. But um, yeah, I do wonder. Like you know, again, it's like is this something that was added on later? But either way, I mean, I think it works um, just as like a, a Halloween movie. Which again, Jeremy. Uh, kudos to you. This was a perfect pick. This for is Halloween. Halloween as it gets. <laughs> it's a, a yeah. great one for our first Halloween special, for sure. Um, yeah. Because it, it also the elements of it that we mentioned, uh, what it really comes down to is this is essentially like a haunted house movie is what I saw it as. You it's, know? So, it's, it's so many different Which is like, of movies. And it's so many different. Like, again, it's, it's also a slasher and it's also possession and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and supernatural. But it's also what it comes down to is like just reminded me of like the most basic horror plot that they're always you know that there's always been which you know even like in the silent era just this idea of like a haunted house you know and, mm-hmm. and obviously there's been like millions of movies made about that but um at its core is that's that's pretty much what it is but that that gives them 
uh, the filmmakers like a, a free reign to do whatever they want essentially because <laughs> they have that that conceit there so um, yeah really great idea for a movie that I couldn't <laughs> believe hadn't been done before essentially at this point um, yeah but there you have it um, there's some other behind the scenes stuff that I was gonna just mention um, but n- nothing major just the the house itself because I you know I was interested in the location they shot in uh, apparently according to I guess it was the, the actress Lene Quigley um, they said she said that the house they used in the film uh, had very little dressing done to it. It was pretty much mm-hmm. in the shape that you see it in in the film, which was pretty bad shape. Yeah. Uh, many of the items, furniture, and, and decor uh, was authentic to the original building, which I thought was interesting. So they didn't even have to change that much. Apparently, um, I'm sure they added little things, but um, as far as the actual like rooms of the house go. Um, they didn't have to do too much. So, I mean, that was a gold mine of a location there. And again, it's, mm-hmm. it's also one of those movies where it's like, okay, did they make the movie because they had this location? Like, did they know of this location mm-hmm. and they just wanted to use it or, you know, cause that time period, I feel like things like that would happen where maybe not yeah. now they wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. But at that mm-hmm. time, it's like, you know, you don't, you don't want to just go off on a whim. Like, Hey, there's this creepy abandoned house that we can shoot in, you know, let's, let's make a movie out yeah. of it. There, um, there's a little more money being thrown around at, low budget horror movies because mm-hmm. low budget horror movies would actually go make money. Yeah. And this not that they don't well. now. They yeah. I mean they still oh, do. No, they, like yeah. especially with streaming now, like low budget mm-hmm. horror movies, they yeah. you know, they still make money and some of them take off. But I feel like then there was this kind of thing where if you could make something that you could put cut together a good trailer for mm-hmm. and have a really great VHS cover for <laughs> yeah. like you could probably trailer, have like yeah. a, a uh-huh. good trailer, a good VHS cover and then a couple shocking scenes in the film that high mm-hmm. school kids would talk about to their friends. Like, you might have a hit on your hands. Yeah, so I think they like... were pretty confident that a certain demographic, you know, would, would go, a certain percentage of the population would go see these types of films. Yeah. So um, I think they were more willing to try things in that regard mm-hmm. and to be, you know, as long as they got their kills in and their, their gore and their mm-hmm. gratuitous nudity, I mean, I don't think they cared that much of what the actual plot of the film was so yeah. there's a little more leeway in that in that regard and i think you know jeremy like you said with streaming now i think you do see that a little bit as well um there's a little more experimentation going on in that regard mm-hmm. um although you know uh, i mean i don't know what the, the new like horror movie movie is that everyone's talking about uh i guess <laughs> squid game which isn't really horror but um, yeah and it's, a, it's a tv series but um yeah so you don't see too many uh like just kind of taking chances like this um and uh, I think it worked in this regard. I think it's just very simple plot, you know, but it, it works. And um, and shot in four weeks, apparently, is another note yeah. that I made. Um, it's pretty quick shoot. <laughs> very quick, yeah. Uh, which I guess if it's mostly on, on uh, one location, that kind of makes yeah. sense. Um, and as I mentioned, produced for 1.2 million is what I saw. Um, and it did, it did very well. Um, it was a limited release, at least I, I believe in the beginning, I think it was only in Detroit, um, Mm -hmm. and then eventually went to New York and and things like that. Um, Instead, it earned uh, 3.109 million. So, I mean, it it made money, you know. um, Which is solid, especially considering that most of their money for a movie like this probably came from VHS sales and not box office. Yeah, I mean, that was, I believe that was only theatrical at that point. So, yeah. um, And it, it stayed in theaters for the rest of the year, like, you know, through the Halloween time and all that. So, it definitely mm-hmm. did well, and I think you know it, it hit all the right marks, and um, you know it's a very very successful horror film, but also mm-hmm. great for you know this time of year, and and I think like like I said for a holiday special, I think it makes a lot of sense to talk about it. And um, um, oh, sorry, other one other thing I wanted to mention: there are two sequels, which mm-hmm. I've not seen. Have you seen the, the sequels? I have not. Film? Two no. two sequels and a remake. I and believe. a remake in two thousand nine, they remade it, mm-hmm. I guess, which I was not aware of either. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I haven't seen any of those, but yeah, um, I. I might from, I might try to dig into them. They're not by the same people, I believe. I believe. Well, the, I, think, the sec- I think there's some involvement with maybe the writer or yeah, the it's, it's like kind of a yeah. mix, but it wasn't like the same the same right. team. I think yeah. the second one was written by the same writer, mm-hmm. but different director, and I believe the third one was written by the director of the first one. Mm-hmm. but directed by a different person. Oh, okay. So, so there was, the, yeah, so the, weird the minor involvement. I guess, elements but. are there, but, it, you know, it's not the same squad. And, um, yeah, from reading the descriptions, I was like, okay, that's essentially, like, more of the same. But, I mean, yeah. I would check them out. I w- I'd be curious to check those yeah. out. The One remake, I don't know. I, I, I 
I checked out the trailer for the remake, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Very, Maybe. very, like, 2000s horror. Yeah, it felt like the 2000s, know? so, I mean, which yeah. makes sense. Uh, yeah. It was just very, like, loud and, like, music. I, I think they took the party aspect, and, it, you know, it's, like, a mm-hmm. lot more of a party atmosphere, like, a lot more actual, like, teenagers there and everything like that, so... Uh, yeah. But who knows? Maybe it's decent. I've... Although there, there was there was like metal music in this one, which I thought was cool. Yeah, it was kind of like punk music, and yeah, it was it was yeah. um, it was interesting. Punk metal, yeah, yeah. Which which I'm yeah. always I, I I always think that's interesting because I feel like in a horror film to use music like that is definitely bold because it can be mm-hmm. way too on the nose. Yeah, you know, like it's like oh, it's a dark movie. Let's use dark music. Right, but um, it was deliberate. But it, but it seemed like yeah, yeah. And, and also like it was like okay, teens would at that time would probably listen yeah, to that kind of music. They would be listening to metal music. Especially yeah. at a Halloween party and you know, an abandoned yeah. <laughs> funeral party. It, it was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. No, I liked the music and the um I, I liked the score and I liked uh yeah, like the, the song choices as well. Mm-hmm. And um one other quick thing I wanted to mention was about the writer of the film, at least the first film that I know of. Oh no, he says he well, it's his story for Night of the Demons too, so maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but so Joe uh, Joe Augustine, he mm-hmm. So there wasn't too much I could find about him because I was very curious to see, you know, it doesn't seem like he wrote much else besides this film, but I guess he's also like an author and writes about paranormal, <laughs> I don't know if you'd say factual or, <laughs> you know, from that kind of perspective where it's not like a fiction story. And uh, Dan Aykroyd, who is a very big paranormal enthusiast, um, so it's not just Ghostbusters. He, he, you know, in real life, he's like really into this, the UFOs and aliens and uh, ghosts and paranormal activities and stuff like that um, and apparently he wrote like the preface to one of his uh, books to the, to the writers uh, I guess one of the books he released called Ghost Writer um, so I just found that interesting that he was you know I guess the writer of the film was actually into to the paranormal mm-hmm. uh, type type of things and uh, I think he, it comes he, across in certain he ways thought, he thought he was creating a documentary probably <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of yeah if you ever hear dan Aykroyd talk about ghosts and things like that i mean mm-hmm. you know they, they or, or they're, passionate, pa- they're passionate about it you know so i think that comes across a little bit because you can you can tell that there more you know more thought was put into the lore i guess than than in some of these films i would say mm-hmm. it kind of comes across so yeah i mean all around just really solid fun uh teen slasher slash whatever possession <laughs> haunted yeah. house movie whatever you want to call it it's just everything you know so mm-hmm. um anything you could want at this time of year so exactly um yeah uh, do you have any final notes i know i have one or two little things but mark any no, final, pretty, final thoughts uh if you haven't seen it well we just ruined it all for you but yeah but so either way we, but we haven't really it. ruined it because <laughs> uh, what, we're, it. what we've said can in no way yeah we cannot this, do it justice yeah. this is this is one of those kind of unspoilable movies True, uh, definitely. I think. I mean, there, there are definitely things you can spoil, but I think if, if someone could explain the entire plot to you and it would still be a riot a riot to watch yeah. because... I mean, we, we left out a lot of details, but we, yeah. you know, we just hit the main beats. But yeah, if, if you haven't seen it, please do. Um, if you enjoy mm-hmm. these kinds of movies, which if you're listening to this, you probably do. Yeah. I'm going to assume. So yeah, Jeremy, um, anything else you wanted to Yeah, so, so just two, two final notes. And uh, so mm-hmm. one, the first thing that kept popping into my mind during this movie is the word spooky. Um, which I, I know is something, is something gets thrown around a lot, but just in terms of the, uh, the Halloween horror movie of your, like this, this idea of what, what does something being spooky versus scary mean? And mm-hmm. I think that this movie is spooky more than scary. And I think a lot of horror movies that you get today and even then kind of go for this, like very dark, heavy, evil thing. Yeah. But I think that there's a certain kind of tonality to movies and you see a lot of them coming out particularly in the late 80s and like early 90s mm-hmm. um another thing that that kind of falls into for me the, the realm of spooky is like the goosebump series um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and, and it's this idea yeah. where it's 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 about being scary but it's 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 about being fun it's, it's like yeah. it's fun to it's be about, scared yeah it's about being scared right exactly it's about um, being scared but in a way that's fun and it's like you're mm-hmm. kind of living on the edge and pushing yourself it's not like oh you should go home and not be able to sleep after necessarily mm-hmm. it's kind of like this should be a fun experience that you can yeah. have with other people and it's quirky mm-hmm. and weird and so so i don't know just just yeah. i, I kind of miss i kind of miss spooky movies in a weird way I agree. like like watching I agree. this yeah instead of like everything being super intense it's more like just that fun feeling of like things that go bump in the night, you know, that kind of, yeah, like, exactly. Of when like you, they still when make them kid and yeah, 
they, they and they still they still do make movies like that. Like I know the Fear Street movies that just came out uh, Netflix not yeah, long I've, ago. I've heard those are kind of in that vein a little bit. They, they they're kind of in that vein. I know Elvira is making a big comeback. Um, oh, but yeah. okay. you know, just I don't know. There there's at least for me personally, when I think of mm-hmm. my childhood memories of Halloween, uh, that kind of fun spooky vibe. Mm-hmm. is what really gets me. So th- this movie kind of touched home. And then the other last thing I'd like to mention, just briefly, um, mm-hmm. because we'd be remiss if we did not talk about the poster of an 80s slasher movie, because those oh, were obviously very important. Uh, so the poster of this one's a lot of fun. Uh, it's the <laughs> image of Angela in her full <laughs> demon form. I'm looking at um, it right now. Mm-hmm. And it's there's she's holding an inv- a party invitation that says, you're invited to my party, Angela, <laughs> written in what yeah. might be blood. Um, and then the tagline, which the tagline is just as important, is Angela is having a party. Jason and Freddie are too scared to come, but you'll have a hell of a time. And the Y in Perfect. you'll is capitalized for some reason, which is just I, it, I love it. Perfection. It's just it's just the kind of thing that could only happen in, in an 80s VHS kind yeah. of movie. And it it's so like, wonderful. It looks like something out of The Exorcist. Like, it's just. Yeah. It's insane looking. It's um, just fantastic. Like if all great, you got yeah. was that poster, it also, it'd still be a good time. And it also has that kind of cheeky humor, uh, fun mm-hmm. aspect to it, which we were talking about, where it's like it's still scary, but yeah, like you said, Jeremy, I, I get exactly what you mean. It's it's more spooky. Than it's scary. more spooky it's like, than scary. It's a so. spooky movie, um, yeah. with some violence and you know things like that. But um, ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I get exactly what you mean. It's it's a rare breed of yeah. horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to check out, there's, you know, I was looking at the director, and I haven't really seen any of his other films, but he had a couple, I think, you know, they have some pretty good uh, cult indie cred, I would say. Uh, Witchboard yeah. is one of them. Witchboard, and I think yeah. He, and then Witchboard 2, um, Witch Trap. <laughs> I, mm. I like movies about witches. I like things about witches, so I, yeah. I might check those out. Um, I think it's like a Ouija board kind of, kind of an idea for those. Um, he also did Pinocchio's Revenge, which mm-hmm. I've never seen, but always like, I was always like, what is that? Actually, Witchboard, uh, it looks like, features Tawny Catan, who is known for being in the 80s hair metal music videos for White Snakes, Still of the Night, and Here oh, I Go Again. Oh, okay, cool. So that's kind of a fun, if you're into that kind of 80s yeah. metal culture, that's that's right, a, that's a fun little one. piece of Obscura. Yeah, I, I had that one also, I, I don't know why I'm <laughs> plugging Shudder, but that one is also in, in 2021, hey, October 2021. Is, well, they're they're offering a great service because anything that's going to hey, get look, people watching like, more horror movies, I'm down yeah, for. Yeah, I think um, so, the interests of people that listen to this show and you know that would watch the, those kind of movies, yeah. I think it makes sense. They would definitely converge. So, um, so yeah, so, I don't know. I'll, I'll be checking out Witchboard maybe even tonight. Yeah. And I'll check you know, that out maybe, too. Yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe that'll be next year's Halloween movie. We'll see. That came <laughs> out. Uh, yeah, it came out a couple years before uh, Night mm-hmm. of the Demons, 1986. So, yeah, for sure. Um, lots of fun. And anything else you want to add to this one? I no, guess. that's I pretty, much that pretty, much, pretty much sums <laughs> it up. The poster is great, though. I just keep looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's wonderful. Great poster. Um, so. All right. Well, thanks uh, so much for, for joining us on this uh, holiday special here, this Halloween special. Uh, I know it's been a while since we recorded. We're going to try to at least do a, a Christmas special, right, Jeremy? Try to do one Yeah, maybe, more. maybe we'll see. We, we, both we'll, of us you know, have... we've, we've been kicking around ideas. We're, you know, a lot going on, but... Um, but just some ideas we're pretty excited about. So um, either way, uh, we just wanted to at least do this one because this was just a lot of fun to watch and talk about for sure. <laughs> Stay tuned and happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween, everyone. Forgot to mention that. Happy Halloween, everyone. Thanks for listening to Cult Movie Cult. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have any cult films you'd like to hear us discuss on the show, uh, or if you'd like to officially join the cult, be a guest on the show, you can feel free to reach out to us at cultmoviecult@gmail.com. at gmail.com. This has been Cult Movie Cult, and until next time, so long from the other side.